Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. Thank you so much for joining me for this hour. Today, my guest is Aimee Cartier from Vashon Island, and she's going to be discussing self-discovery tools and other insights during these unusual times. Aimee is a psychic guide, intuition, and empath teacher who specializes in helping her clients and students align with their own highest good and discover their best steps in life. She is known for her clear and accurate insight and her compassionate and practical guidance. Her clients and students most often report feeling uplifted, empowered, or just better after a session with her. She is the author of the books, Getting Answers, Using Your Intuition, Discover Your Best Life, and the ebook, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, 12 Steps to Healing from a Breakup. She also writes essays, comedy articles, and a blog, and you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So great to have you. Thanks. I know. You've been doing a lot of great things lately, and I want to jump right into it because we find ourselves in what you said in your blog, this giant pause. So how are you feeling about what's going on right now? What are you picking up on for everybody? Currently? Yes. Yeah, because it's a lot different from the beginning. I noticed that um, it seems to me like it has stages. At the beginning, I felt very, and I just use myself as an example. And if it's different, I'll tell you what otherwise I felt really um, honed in just like when school shut down, I got super for my kids. I got super, I don't know. It's like my frame of vision got really tight. And I understood that, you know, typically being a seer, I, it's not that experience. I, I, I might have vision out to other things, but I really noticed that it was, there wasn't a lot of space there. It, it felt to me like it wasn't a time for looking forward. It wasn't a time for doing anything, but like really focusing tight into whatever, in my case, my children, my family, my husband, my yard, you know, my cats, whatever. Um, but I've noticed it in successive stages shifting again. And recently I feel um, I'm starting to see forward again in terms of um, my own life and work, but also I feel like, like it's indicative of everyone. It's not really, um, a lot of things are still unclear, mm-hmm. but some things are becoming really clear for me personally. And I'm just choosing to move forward on the things that I know are true and clear for me. And then just sort of let the rest be nebulous and let it be okay that that's how it is because. I don't see there's anything the rest of us, any of us can do about it. So. so with all of this unknown and all of this not being able to do, right, and you finding clarity, do you have any advice for people to be able to find their own clarity in the situation right now? Well, I guess I would start with what you and I were thinking to talk about today. Um, the, how it started for me was I did the practices that I teach in my Own Your Intuition program. Um, when this all began, and even when my vision was really narrow, I, I did these practices. And for me, it starts with 
really getting in tune with myself. And that's what I recommend for everyone else as well, like knowing this time period that we're in. So I broke it down to, should I just go right into this? Sure. This? Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't know if you had another structure you wanted. Um, <laughs> um, I, I break it down to knowing what you like. First of all, that's what I do first is just like, and this is, can be anything literally. Like I have a long list of things that I love and sometimes there are things like that I just know that I like to do. They're super helpful when I need self care because sometimes, especially in moments where you really need self care, like many people have been experiencing this last little bit of being stressed, things like that. Sometimes it's hard to remember, like, what do I even like to do? You're like, so your body is so amped up. Your nervous system is so, you know, in shock in some cases about what's going on. It's hard to remember. What do I even like? What, what is important to me? So I start with that. I have a list and I always recommend to my students that they keep it in there, keep it somewhere where you can see it, like at the back of a notebook or somewhere in your phone, if that's how you use your phone, somewhere where you can access it easily. You don't have to think like, where did I write that again? Or, you know, what is it in your bed stand? Something like that. Um, so that's what I really start out with is that list and looking at it. And sometimes, you know, mine, I've been developing it over many, many years. So I have all kinds of things on it from like um, beeswax candles, which I love to, um, you know, poetry and particular things that I like to read. I love to knit. So sometimes there are things like that, but also there are things that I, I then sometimes go back to my childhood and see like, what did I like then? that still resonates with me now in terms of what I do. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that I, that I start with when I need to get clarity because I feel like um, it's hard to see out before you know what's going on here, what's inside your body, what's happening for you now. Um, the second practice that I do is which I did at the beginning, and I try to do this a couple times a year, is really get clear on my values. I ask myself, what is it that I value? Um, this is so good for so many reasons, and maybe I'll mention that in a second, but for me, when this whole thing started, I realized the top of my list was doing right by my children, or making it okay for them, like figuring out how that I, I understood that this is a big deal. Like this is going to form them. They're still little. So, um, I mean, it's forming all of us. Absolutely. But I realized that this is going to be a pivotal moment in their life and many things will be defined by that. You know how when you're, um, I think about like people I know who are grandparents age and they still, some of their habits are still from moments that they had in their childhood. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of realized that for my kids too, of like, wow, this is the defining moment for them. And how do, what do I want to do? How do I want to address this? So, um, two on that a little bit and break that down a little bit. Yeah. Like how can we, you know, not only for ourselves, but for our families and our kids, like define this moment. What have you been doing with your kids and family that might help us out? Well, I started with just, I mean, again, keeping my focus really small. Like my kids are like, growing all the time so they're like need snacks every minute it seems like um and thinking of school but i also started with dialoguing like when they were like what's going on and what's going to happen i was just honest and i kept it being like 
we don't know. And there are moments and times where we don't know that's really a part of all life. And it's okay. It's okay not to know. And, um, and we can, we can sit with that and hold that and know that and not have it be a big deal. Really. It can just be like, Whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. We, none of us know what's going to happen, but overarching, I have the sense that we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, um, and so I, I really wanted to make sure that that was the message my children were getting of like, yes, this is crazy. And, um, and we're okay. We're okay. And we're going to um, be in our yard and in our house and, <laughs> um, you know, just be doing that for now. So I'm trying to think of a specific thing, but it was, it was first of all with a vibe of like not panicking, just starting to get super, super, super centered within myself, meditating more, doing the things that I know that I need to in order to stay really grounded and stable and um, having that from there, having that kind of permeate our house of like, we can't go to school right now and we can't see our friends and that's really a bummer, but we can do other things and we're together and we're okay. Awesome. And then the next thing you were going to go into were values, like figuring out what are our values. You did yeah. That. So when I did this, I realized that my children were at the top of my list. Um, since that really helped me like um, because I had to stop everything like many, many parents when my kids are no longer going to school, then I am no longer able to see clients and students in the way that I was. Um, you know, there, I still have some, all my programs are over the phone mostly and some in the evening. So there was a little bit of, I can still, I'm still moving forward in things, but I really had to like most of us, it was like a clear slate, just like, oh my gosh, okay, what is happening now? Um, and, and put on hold some projects and things that I really was looking forward to, I was really enjoying doing, <laughs> things like that, that don't involve, that I just cannot do with, with my eight and seven-year-old underfoot. There's just no way. Um, so when I looked at the values, I realized that um, it made me, since my children were the top of the list, it actually made me easier in my bones about what was going on because I was able to just allow myself to let go without feeling angst about like all the stuff I'm not getting done right now, all of those things, knowing that even though that was true, my actions were completely in line with my own values. And, you know, in this case being my children. So I start with that, like, what do I value right now? Um, and it's a surprising thing that because I've been doing this so long, it actually changes as you go along and even certain moments and times in your year or what happens. So, um, so doing it allows me to, and you know, this is what I recommend obviously for my students. It allows me to get congruent with what's important to me right now. And then I follow those questions up with, well, then what, is there anything I need to do to change that? Like, if this is my top value, do I need to shift something else in my life? Because is it, am I actually doing that? Does that make sense, what I just said? Yeah. Um, in the example I gave with my kids, obviously, when school's thought out and it's just me at home with them, then I'm, you know, that's not happening. But I've def or I don't have to make any changes. I'm already doing it, I guess is what I mean. Um, 
but I've definitely gone through moments in time in my life where I've realized, well, this is a top priority for me and I can't even see it in my calendar. Like I'm saying it's important to me, the one that I think of to connect with really interesting women that are doing more, that are doing good work in the world or just people I find interesting. And I had zero time. I had time for my family. I had time for my students and clients and that was it and friends, whatever, but not, not actively reaching out to engage with people who I was like impressed with or who I just liked and found interesting. Um, so that caused me to shift my schedule. I was like, wow, I need to, if that is a value of mine, then I need to change and I need to leave Tuesday afternoons open so that I can actually meet somebody for coffee or do something like that. Um, so this kind of questioning of what your values are is, is so helpful. It's just helpful anyway, all the time, but I find it extremely helpful in times of great change. Like we're, we've all been experiencing um, with COVID and then also really pertinent in times where you're having personal change. I mean, we're all having personal change right now, but in the bigger picture of life, Sometimes things are erupting within your family or, you know, somebody in your family is sick or there are all kinds of changes that you need to make personally. Mm -hmm. And I find that um, when those moments happen, it's, you can prioritize more easily. You're like, okay, I don't have time for all the things right now. I have time to take care of this sick person. I have time to do that. But if I can see what my values are, then I can at least get the top two or three, depending. Right. in action in my life. And as you were saying, you know, starting off with what do I like? You know, what do I like to do? And then prioritizing for them from there. And that's a big question within itself, especially for moms. Or yeah, totally. Who, you know, never stopped, you know, they have their own little chunk of time, but usually I think like, what do I like? You know, that big question and having all of this time you know, and how am I going to structure my life? And yeah, those are big questions. Yeah. And it's, you know, I always have to give a shout out to moms here because I think like when it all started and, you know, parents in general or who, anybody who's caring for children, because I think when it all started um, for me, it was like this glimmer of like, oh my gosh, like what could I do with this time? Like how much could I, you know, I'll, the things that I'm interested that I never have time to pay attention to or something like that. But like the reality for a mom is it's just like, it was like a hot flash of a moment of all those things that I could do. And then I got to like make almond butter sandwiches or like whatever. Right, and do crafts and all yeah, the other exactly. fun things. <laughs> and lots of outdoor time. So a lot of this sounds like surrender and you talked about that in your latest blog. You can mm. talk about like just being able to stop and go, okay, I need to surrender to this. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, this practice has been super vital for me over the last six months because um, for just circumstances with needs of my children primarily within the last six months, I had to do a lot of shifting of my schedule way before this ever even happened. Mm -hmm. So um, the same thing that I'm talking about right now is something that I've been in process with for way longer than probably most people at this moment in time. Um, and what I realized when I had to make this big shift in my schedule was that 
it wasn't the schedule itself that was a problem. Like, wasn't the new thing that was a problem. It was the idea that I should have time to do this other thing that I really wanted. I should be doing that. Um, and during, so that's kind of how it came about for me. And I thought, like, I realized I just needed to surrender over and over and over again. And surrender meaning to whatever the moment held, like right now. Because it didn't seem like, um, when I really was dissecting it, I'm like, wow, the moment's actually totally fine. I'm like, good in, in what's going on. But the thing that's causing me pain is the idea that it should be a different way. Mm. So um, I really, that's when I started really just going with the surrender thing. And it's kind of ebbed, of course, into the COVID piece of having school shut down and all the the you know, the, the ways that we've all had to get really tight, narrow in our focus, um, of literally just surrendering to whatever is happening right at this moment, because I find the other painful, honestly, (laughs) it's like painful to think about all the things you could be doing or wish you could, or, you know, when I can just, you know, sit on the back patio with my kids and whatever, you know. (laughs) you are one of I think our region's top empath gurus and Mm -hmm. I adore you and you have great information and I think everybody should know that you you are a total go-to for empaths so with everything that's going on can you unpack it a little bit for you know the empath in time of quarantine and change and we're getting ready to start you know stepping out again can you talk about like how the empath can handle not only the quarantine, but also as we ease back into society and then everything that's going on outside of us that we're also picking up on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, because I'd like to start out by defining it just in case people don't know what an empath is because sure. um, it's confusing if not. An empath is somebody who feels other people's emotions, experiences inside their own skin as though it is happening to them. So it's a different than empathy, which most people have. Empathy is like, oh, I get it. You know, oh, that's it. I always use my husband as an example because he's not empathic. But he, um, so he, we would walk into a room and he would maybe, he can still notice and understand and has intuition that something's going on with this person if somebody was having a hard time. For the empath, and that's empathy. For the empath, they feel it. Like all of a sudden they're agitated, uncomfortable, sad, whatever the emotion is. Um, so when mass amount, this is just how we are built regularly. And when mass amounts of people are experiencing big, intense things, trauma, stress, etc. Um, even if, if you're empathic, even if you're standing in your own living room by yourself, you can feel these things, especially when hundreds or millions of now, like globally, people are experiencing this kind of a thing. Um, so I've noticed with my own abilities that, um, it came in waves of distress of like certain subjects, certain um, certain segments of population where this was going to like the, the, um, being at home and being in quarantine was going to be really difficult for them. I would get for a while, I, I would just get waves of the intensity for those particular people. Um, and then it keeps, you know, it has shifted over time. And what I do, because 
it can feeling this and downloading this can literally stop your life. Like if, if like, you know, when I'm sitting, this is at the beginning when I remember feeling so strongly the, especially for kids and people who, whose home wasn't a safe place, thinking of those people and the, the pain that was existing for them. And it, it stymied me. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and a, there's literally nothing I can do about it at that moment in time. I'm in my home, same as anyone else. And, um, it, it kind of prevented me from seeing, or it can prevent you from seeing like what's in front of you. Like, Actually, you know, in our case, we're fine. I'm looking up there. My house is up there. <laughs> Actually, in my in our case, we're fine. We're okay. We're just, you know, we just have to be home for a while, but we're okay. Um, and so I I teach my empaths in my Empath Intuition University how to clear their energy and set a boundary for themselves, an energetic boundary for themselves. And during times like these, you you may have to have it really like many layered. Um, so I'm happy to catch yourself in like, okay, whoa, there's a wave of grief because there's been waves of grief or waves of fear or waves of anger have Mm -hmm. even been popping up lately. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for when you get those, when you're caught off guard and you get that wave? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I would do is clear my own energy. And to me, it comes down to two simple sentences and I can, I'll just say them right now for anybody who needs it. Um, The first one is, I ask that anyone else's energy leave me now, period. And then you just kind of wait, feel it. Sometimes you can really feel it shift. If you can't, it doesn't matter. Um, And then the second question is, I ask that all, or second statement is, I ask that all of my own energy return to me now, okay? Once you've done that, if you still have that feeling, then that belongs to you. If you need to cry or punch a pillow or whatever, or be like, you know, then, you know, that belongs to you. That's your own emotion. And those are natural and human, (laughs) even if they're, you know, the bad one, (laughs) they're they're normal. Um, But if you, if you do this and it's suddenly gone, then you know that it wasn't actually mine. Um, And it's helpful to know the difference because you can't actually process if it doesn't belong to you, it doesn't, it literally originates somewhere else. So your body will never be able to figure it out. You can think about it as much as you want. You can like troubleshoot it in your mind, but like the sensation, you won't actually be able to shift the sensation because it doesn't originate in your skin. So um, if you can first discern, is this mine or not? Then you know, if it doesn't belong to you, then it goes back to wherever it is. Um, and you just don't have to be downloading it. And if it does belong to you, then, you know, it's time to get out your Kleenexes or whatever it is that you need to. Darn, this is mine. I have to process it. <laughs> totally. And I, you know, I say this over and over, especially to my empaths who are really sensitive, but I think this applies to anyone. I truly find that the fastest way through any emotion, and obviously I'm mostly talking about the negative ones because who wants to like, make joy go away but um is straight through it literally like to feel it at the utmost capacity that you have to and then I find that is what makes it shift so and I have something on my blog about that actually an article called something like it's okay to cry and be angry it's good for you oh I like that 
Can you go into that a little bit more? Because I think it's so important to be able to dive into our emotions and not sit them outside of ourselves. I think it's so easy for everybody to just sit them outside, you know, and then you're, you know, dealing with ailments and, oh, oh, pain in my back and, or my knees or something like that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when we're not processing our emotions and integrating them back in ourselves in a healthy way, that they're becoming something else. Do you have some tools around that that you could share with everybody? Yeah, sure. And it also takes a ton of psychic energy to, you know, pretend you're okay when you're not okay. I mean, it, it's, it's exhausting really. Um, so the tools I use are, I, I always recommend um, first setting a space for yourself. So, you know, like I always, you know, I have two children as I've mentioned. Um, and so I can't really like, you know, sometimes when I'm in the middle of dinner or something, I can't really like, <gasps> like break down. It's just, like, it, I mean, I could, but like it wouldn't be satisfying in many ways for many people. So including myself. So um, one of the first things I do, I suggest is literally, if you need to schedule it, schedule it. Mine are like Tuesday evenings or they used to be when I'm not, I don't have to put my kids to bed that night. Um, so I literally create time and space. And if that's not your life, then, you know, if you can like ball whenever you want or do whatever, then that's so great. Just go for it then. <laughs> but if you can't, um, I, I literally recommend putting, making a time in your schedule in order to really feel whatever it is you're feeling. Um, so that's the first thing I do. I think it's really important to have a safe space. Like I have this, whenever I'm doing this, I have this rule in my, I mean, my, in our house, but it's really just for my husband because my kids are asleep when I do this. Um, of like, don't, I do it in our bedroom. I want a door. I like, I want someplace totally private where I don't have to worry about anybody else. But also I don't want to be disturbed in any way. I don't want I want to be able to go into the feeling as deeply as I can. And I don't even want somebody knocking me like, are you okay? You know, <laughs> in there. So one of the rules that I set up in our family is whenever I am doing, I just emoting deep emoting like this, the, you know, the cue for my husband doesn't knock on the door. He doesn't come in and check on me. He doesn't anything. The cue is that when I come out, then we're good. You know? So I create a safe space in that place, um, in that way. And I, or, you know, like a sacred container for myself. Um, I like to do things like, like candles, maybe have the diffuser going, whatever kind of, if there's anything like that, that you love, that feels like it makes things sacred for you, then I also suggest doing those. Um, and then I just literally go into it. I find whatever it is, um, like the things that I'm thinking of are deaths that I've, of, I find that the more you do this, like I went through a period in my life where I did it all the time, then there's, you kind of stay current and then there's just less, you don't do it all the time. There's just less to, you don't have as much stuff coming up. Right. Um, but um, I find whatever the thread is, like whatever I'm experiencing, I pull on it. If it's not, you know, like if I've had to schedule time, maybe I'm not feeling it right then. So I have to think about like, where what was I feeling before like what activated this what what did it feel like and then I just I literally go in and feel it as big as I possibly can um the other rule that's really important is to remember to keep your body safe so if you're mad then you're if you need to punch something it's something that's soft and not going to hurt your body um 
uh, I just feel it. I cry. I usually also try to see if I can find a place where I originally felt this, like the first time I ever did um, in a childhood situation. Nice. I like that one too. Yeah. Um, and then if I can do that, if it comes, if I found something, you know, from when I was four or whatever, um, then I, I just like allow that little person, that little girl to just like, express whatever she wants. Like, you know, all, all kinds of things come up in your mind when you're doing this, like all kinds of thoughts of like, what if I'm not good enough? Like, like any kind of a, anything can come up to your mind. And I, I really advise, recommend don't even, there's no curbing any of those thoughts. Any thought you have is valid because it's coming up. Um, so don't, you don't say to yourself, oh, you shouldn't feel that way or anything. You just literally feel it all. Um, and then eventually it shifts. It like in its own course, it starts to change into something else. And um, the last piece of it for me, which I also feel is vital, is as vital as um, not hurting, making sure that you're being safe with yourself, is having something at the end when it's all said and done that you do that's loving and satisfying for yourself. Usually I find that I'm really tender at those moments or like really wide open. And so um, because I have to plan them, I will be like, I'll have a, uh, my favorite ice cream ahead of time and I will like watch a movie with my husband, popcorn, like something sweet for myself because you really want to give your body and your being the message. It's totally safe to feel. It is completely safe to do this, to feel. And there's sweetness and goodness at the end of it that is nurturing for you. And that's, that's kind of an tune of like safety that you set up for yourself and some boundaries around yourself or around being able to express your emotions in a safe way, in a private way, you know, the yeah. way you want to do it. Bravo. That's awesome. Gosh, that's going to be very great. satisfying. Going, yeah. <laughs> um, going back to intuition, you said um, something great um, in um, Instagram TV. Intuition does not speak fear. And then what is our work around that right now? Okay, that's a great question. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's something I always like to start with. Like, I really feel like our intuition, each, each person has their own intuition, every single person, um, is to me it looks like it's your soul's compass. It's, it's the sense that you have that is guiding you to generally the next best thing. Like it's, it usually speaks very, um, it tells you the next thing. It doesn't always show you the whole picture, but it tells you go here, do this, etc. in small steps. But it's always, always, always guiding you to your own flourishing, to your own, like the best that life can offer for you. And it's particular to you. It's not just like your intuition, Liz, won't tell you the same thing as mine because we're not, we're different people. We have the same, pro, you know, different programs that we're on. So, um, but the thing that is true about your intuition is that it does not ever speak, I like to call it theories. So if you find yourself having thoughts of like, um, like mine usually looks like it has this frantic mode. It's like, oh my gosh, I better do this or else. Or like, oh, like there's some, mine is frequently like there's some kind of a time crunch or like I better stay up all night and get this done. Or if I don't, this isn't going to happen. 
Um, some people's have, uh, I've had students of mine tell me that there's looks like judgment. They're like, oh, you better not do that or people are going to think this of you. Um, it, so it can look different, like worry, um, like frantic, like I'm saying is mine usually. All of those kinds of fearful, tinged thoughts, they are not your intuition ever. They just, your intuition does not ever speak to you in that language. Even if it's trying to help you help prevent danger or something like that, it will tell you, um, I think that's a better way. It won't be like, do not do that. Amy, do not do that. <laughs> It'll be like, mm, uh, uh, how about that way? Calmly guiding you toward the next thing. Um, so especially right now where a lot of, you know, a lot of things can be conjured by our minds and that is truly its job. Like, you know, that's what it does. You can't, you can't control that in any way. However, you can learn to ignore it essentially. Like when I get that frantic thought in my mind of like, Oh my gosh, I better do this or else I'm like, that's, that's baloney. That's not true at all. And yes, I see that coming arising in my mind, but experience has shown me, that's not true. I'm, if I follow that, it's not going to work out like that. If I, you know, so the work is really um, doing whatever you need to get calm and get centered in yourself because sometimes it's hard for your own intuition to be heard over the like, you know, whatever your, however yours looks, but the furies that your mind is speaking. Um, so the real work is, doing what you need for your body being soul in order to literally calm yourself down, calm your body down, calm your nervous system down, whether that's take a bath or stop looking at the news or, um, you know, plant a garden or crafts with your kids or whatever, or a minute alone in your bedroom, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, it feels to me that the biggest work is calming when you find yourself in those situations where you're hearing the fear a lot, which is normal and unavoidable as a human being. Um, you instead shift to knowing just because I hear that I feel that doesn't mean I need to do anything about it. It's not true. And what do I need to do now to calm my body, to calm my being so that I can get into a place where I can actually hear what my intuition is telling me. Mm, nice. Oh, that's a good segue for when we reach those places or when we are listening and we can hear our intuition, how could we use that to shape our lives right now? Great question. Again. <laughs> um, so one of the things I, I, I wrote a book. It's called Getting Answers. Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. <laughs> I was sitting next to me. Um, and in it, I teach a really simple four-step process. It, it, it comes down to literally asking questions. Um, the first step is align with the highest. And that means, you know, you, you're not just asking anybody. You're not just like, hey, what should I do? <laughs> because you don't want just like any answer. You want the thing, the answer that works is absolutely best for you in your life. So um, people do that in different ways. It, it can be either who you're addressing your question to, or um, it can be a, an affirmation statement. I only receive answers that serve my highest good. Um, 
and then you simply start asking questions like what is it that you're what is it that you're wanting and needing right now because we're all in a moment of a lot of unknown so if there are specifics in your life where you're like how is this going to look or what should i do right now you simply start by asking asking a question about it the universe will respond it always does a hundred percent and you don't even have to believe it um, the universe will respond to your question in various kinds of ways so you know I guess the the shortest answer is it's first about calming yourself your body and being down and then in as simple as aligning with the highest good and then starting to ask questions for yourself you will start to get insight into the things that are that you're wanting to know about whatever those things are Thanks, Amy. And what is, let's see, what is a potent intuitive time management tool when structures have fallen away like right now? Thanks. Wrote about this a little bit in your blog. <clears throat> yeah. Fascinating yeah. where you got that idea. Yeah. I just wrote a blog about that because it seemed it's pertinent for me and for other people right now when we are having a lot more time, you know, than we usually do because oh. we're just going places or doing things. Um, and it really comes down to a really simple question. And I, for me, it was inspired by, I have the book over there on my shelf somewhere. Um, it was inspired by a woman whose name is Lenedra Carroll. And she wrote a book called The Architecture of All Abundance. The Architecture, yeah, of All Abundance. Um, and I don't know if she, she didn't exactly say this as a tool, but it was a story she told. And um, I have turned it into a tool from, it's been more than a decade that I've been using it. Um, but it comes down to a really, like a simple question. And that is asking yourself in those moments where you're not sure, what should I do right now? Like, how should I spend the five minutes I have if you're a mom or like the two hours that you might or all day that you might have if you're in a different situation? Um, and it comes down to a simple question of asking yourself, what time is it right now? And I find that when I ask myself that, it, I get responses. Like I, I start to know sometimes it's time to um, jot down a few things that I want to write a blog about, you know, for example, um, even though I may not have the whole space to write the blog. Maybe it's about that. Sometimes it's time to fold the laundry or, you know, it can be literally anything, your response. But when you... Um, I find that when I ask myself that question, I actually get a response and then I can move toward it. And the other amazing thing that happens is that it's, it's surprising or mysterious or wonderful, all of those things. But I find that when I do that, I end up having enough time to do whatever it is I feel like I need to do. Even though I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, how am I ever going to do all this? Like, how am I ever going to accomplish this and all of these things at the same time? But when I just keep moving forward, asking myself, what time is it? Whenever there's a, whenever there's a pause in what I'm doing or things are shifting, I ask myself, what time is it right now? And that's miraculously things are able to get done. Like whether they're big projects that you do, you end up doing in tiny little increments and all of a sudden, you know, quite a ways out, you're like, wow, I have this whole part of this written or, you know, the, you know, whatever it is, whatever the projects are in your life. 
And I love how it goes along with the questions that you ask. Yeah. In your previous books, it kind of falls right in really nicely with that and allows that opening to be able to tap into your intuition again. Totally. And it's surprising sometimes what answers come up. So you have to really, you know, stay nimble with like, okay, it's time to fold the laundry or <laughs> okay, it's time to do this. You know? But when you do, it works out. <laughs> Have you noticed um, any shifts within yourself recently now that we're coming out of deep quarantine towards creativity? Yeah, definitely. And do you have, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm trying to see if I could, um, I guess for me it, it has to do with getting clear about what, what creative projects I'm moving forward on and also being able to see them again. Like for a bit, it was, like I said, like I described at the beginning, it was just all like, none of that exists. What exists right now is what are we doing today? What are we doing right at this moment? And, you know, moving forward with those things. But, um, but I personally have, and I think this is, I'm this one I'm hesitant to, describe as for everybody because I, I know that there are people who have been creative from the beginning where they've had time and space to do this and they've been like, oh my gosh, this project, you know, or this project and this project and they're working on it. But for me, it has opened up um, with the opening up of the world around, even though um, it's not really related to like my actions aren't different now really than they were when this all began. We're still at home, you know, we're still doing pretty much the same thing. Um, but I have noticed personally an opening in understanding what the creative projects are that I need to work on and that I'm excited about. Nice. And can you talk a little bit about on um, the projects that you have going on right now that people might be interested in? Um, I, yeah, I still do my blogs. I'm always, I have this little thing about, I'm hesitant to tell about projects until I have them mostly finished because I find it is more helpful for me to keep the energy contained within myself personally. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about the bigger things that I have moving forward on, but, um, but I do, but I do, um, I'm definitely doing my blogs and doing, you know, doing, <laughs> this is like a very um, generic answer actually, because I don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's still a secret. <laughs> so we'll be able to find it on your website probably soon. Yes. You <laughs> so we have something to look forward to. <laughs> great. And I love how you're taking your blogs outside and actually nature is a great way to kind of clear and clear um, our minds and our bodies and get our kids moving and stuff like that. Can you talk about other tools that are really good for us empaths and sensitives? Okay. Um, nature is a really good one, for, especially for empaths. It's good for everybody, everybody, but um, also really good for empaths because we dial to whatever is around us. So when you dial to nature, which is pretty much unaffected by COVID. In fact, probably maybe even the opposite, flourishing and big in a way that um, it might not be otherwise, or at least continuing on the same cycle. The spring buds are here, the same things are happening for them. Mm -hmm. um, and also nature is very slow. Like it doesn't, 
move at the speed that we usually do of like driving their cars and getting on the internet and doing all these things. It's like, it takes the time it takes in order to get to the next thing. And um, I find that very helpful for myself and definitely empaths and especially right now of just noticing that we're all kind of moving at the speed of plants right now. And that, um, I have to say that, that that particular thing came, a girlfriend of mine said that she had this insight that we need to move at the speed of plants. So I wanna have to give a little shout out to Renee who said that, but, um, but I do feel like that is what we're doing. We're having to go slow and also allow things to take the time that they take. Um, so for empaths, again, differentiating, whether this belongs to you, if you find yourself really wound up or trying to troubleshoot something that has nothing to do with your current moment in reality, it's a very good indication that you're picking up something that doesn't belong to you, that somebody else's energy. And it could be anything. Like if you're standing in your living room, troubleshooting things that are going on with your sister, same kind of a thing. Yeah. Or, you know, troubleshooting, like how are people going to, deal with some of the major problems that are happening right at this moment. Um, I, I also find it really helpful to ask myself if it's my place to help or not. And um, that's another tool that I teach my empaths because especially for empaths, when we feel it all, it's, there's no possible way it is our place to help it all. Like it's, literally just not possible so um, if you're a person who feels all the things it's really important to be able to discern is this my place to help or is it not because just because you feel something doesn't mean that it is your place to help and this is <clears throat> in the world right now this is like when we're all you know when we're normal again or whatever you know <laughs> however we say that but um if you're a person that finds yourself volunteering all the time, over volunteering for things, then I, it comes down to a very simple question, which I teach my students. And it, the question is, is it my place to help? And you ask it every time. It's not a, um, it's not a like wrote, once you've asked it, then you know, it could be different. Like next week, if you're in the same situation, it could be your turn to help, or it could be your turn to volunteer the information or, you know, help in any way. Um, so that really simple question helps you understand if you're, um, understand what you can do. Because if you, if it is your place to help, then help, <laughs> please. And maybe, you know, since we're all at home, it's a matter of donating or telling somebody, you know, telling a friend about it or spreading the word. There's all kinds of ways that we can help. And if it's not, then I advise you stop trying to troubleshoot it because it's not your place for whatever reason. And then being intuitive and psychic, do you see this time as a place of change, you know, as a, well, it's global, really, not even just local or in the United States, it's really global. So what do you see possibly as shifts that are going to be happening now that we've had this giant pause? Yeah. I, I only get glimpses of it, to be honest. Um, I, see, I see glimpses of it from time to time. Um, but, and it comes back to what I feel like the most important thing is not even for each of us is asking 
is doing it personally. Like, what is, what is it about for me right now? How are things shifting for me? How are my actions shifting for me? Like, for example, my husband and I for quite a while, but it's, it was sped up by this all thing. We've been trying to eliminate as much plastic as we can from our lives. So during this time, that's when I started to order, um, dish soap that was that comes in like a wax thing you know so it's not we're not getting dish soap in a plastic bottle um or laundry other laundry alternatives that didn't involve plastic bottles things like that um because i still feel like we're it's not clear i don't think i have any clear answer of what it's going to look like i really feel like we're all still like digging in the dirt and figuring out what it is we're going to plant and um and the most vital piece of it for each of us is really, again, going back to values, figuring out what you value and how your actions can then align with what it is that you value and what it is that you want to do right now in this new world. Because I really feel like we each have a place in it. If you're here, you have a place in this. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're gonna get to the extraordinary Place that we're moving to is by each of us doing that deep work of who am I what am I here what can I what can I offer and when we focus on that each of us then it ends up that all of a sudden we have this collective kaleidoscope or quilt or um, mandala of each person doing whatever it is that they do in order to make it whole for all of us oh I love that great I love what Renee said too, which you brought up about we're going as slow as plants. And I think it's really teaching us, you know, how to slow down and really look at what we're doing, what we want to prioritize, who we are, what we enjoy, and then how can we take that out, you know, with us, you know, when we enter back into society. Have you found, you know, anything within your family, within yourself, you know, during this pause during the slow time, you know, that you're going to take forward or that you can recommend people taking forward, you know, into when everything opens back up again. You mean practices that I do for myself? Yeah. Um, Maybe something that you've learned along the way, you know, during this pause and having to, you know, be as slow as a plant, you know, yeah. is there anything that you've pinpointed that you want to carry forward or maybe something that you already do? that already fell in alignment with that already that maybe we could take forward? Yeah. I think the two things that come to my mind are um, I've been really loving, there's a woman named Sarah Jenks who has this thing called Sacred Start. It's like a free download. Anybody can do it. Um, I've always had a morning meditation practice, but during having, you know, being like with my family 24 hours a day for nonstop like the rest of us have, um, I, you know, shifts happen and then I was I, like, anyway, I needed a refresh on that. But I also found that I was saving all of my adults, like trying to get on all of my satisfying adult time into the evening at a time of day when I'm totally shot, like parenting and householding and doing all of it has, I have like this much capacity for anything other than reading a novel and knitting something simple, period. So I was like, wow, I'm like, putting in all this, like I'm trying to get an adult quality time for myself at a time that is totally not a good time for me. Um, and so I've shifted to just, I reju her little thing helped me rejuvenate a practice in the morning and I set a space for myself. And also 
Um, I've been writing a lot more. I've been just, just even in my journal, like trying to like kind of jot down and capture what's happening. And um, that's a practice that I've had. I started my life with, I keeping journals, but you know, motherhood and all kinds of things have, have had it go into various stages of derelict. So um, having a morning, setting aside a morning time for myself and also populating it with the things that I really love and I have loved since the beginning, like writing, um, that's been really lovely for me personally. Um, and, and making sure essentially that I'm carving out time for that, even though I'm delivering snacks and, you know, homeschool activities all day <laughs> during the day. Um, and then the other piece that is also uh, woven into our is gardening. And my husband is the gardener in our family. Um, I'm, I love it. I, I mean, I love the fruits of it, but like, I don't naturally think, think I'll go weed the garden. <laughs> it's like, it's not even on my radar of something to do, but um, I've really been taking a lot of um, this. All of this has made me, we, we actually, my husband gave up the garden last year. He was like, I don't, it's, I'm the only one and um, it's too much stress for me. When I look at this, I'm overwhelmed. I want to like bike with the kids and not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it was a great decision. I like applauded his noticing that for himself. But this year I was like, but I think we need to grow our own food. <laughs> so, um, so I've been in the garden doing a lot of the work and um, you know, having to, it's just like kind of a thing of having to like force yourself to look in a direction that you usually don't think of. Like that's how the garden feels to me. Like I like it out there and it's wonderful and I love the food, but like during the day, I never think of the garden. <laughs> so um, that is another shift that, that can be a spot too. What was that? That can be a great meditative spot too. Oh, it's so grounding. Pulling weed oh is like the best, most grounding, satisfying thing. There's like, and you have an accomplishment afterward. You're like, look at all that. The sky is a room. <laughs> and a lot of people are building gardens right now. Yeah. I totally. went to pick up some garden soil myself because I expanded it six feet. And he's like, everybody's building a garden right now. Everybody wow. is. And I hope it lasts because yeah. I really feel like the biggest, it is a piece of what is happening in the world of what we're all turning toward, like eating local. Um, you know, doing all these kinds of things actually helps our planet. The more that we do this, the the healthier and thriving that we all are. So I noticed that it's kind of forcing all of us into, um, whether by instincts or by desire, doing things that are good for all of us. It's and really good. If you to, what was that? And good for the soil too, because all oh. of the factory farming has totally depleted our soil. So if we're all doing home gardens, not only are we feeding ourselves healthy, nutritious food, because the soil is going to be, yeah, but we also get to get in there and get in the dirt and get back to basics and get a little meditating in with it too. <laughs> totally, totally. And we're not driving to the store and we're not getting our food in a plastic bag, you know so many it has so many ramifications just tiny little actions like this so those are my two that i'm pointing that out too because there is a ripple there you know you're not grabbing the plastic you know grocery bag or whatever baggie to put your broccoli in or anything like that you're walking out back which is nice totally (laughs) yeah lots of neat things are there anything that you want to finish up with that might be beneficial for our listeners 
I guess I would like to just go back to what I said about asking questions oh, yeah. and just underline for everyone that no matter what unknown is in your life right now, you have the power to get the answers that you need. Align with the highest, however you do that, whether by statement or who you ask, the most benevolent divine source that you know. Um, and then just start asking questions and see how they unfold in your lives. Somebody will sit, you'll overhear a conversation in the grocery store or something on the radio or get an idea while you're standing in the shower. Um, I would just encourage everybody to just, I want everybody to understand that you can, you have the, whoever you are, you don't need to be a professional psychic like I am or an intuitive healer or anything. You have the power to get the answers to the questions that you want. And, um, we're going to need a lot of listening by each of us in order to unfold in this new way. So I encourage each of you to really listen to whatever that whisper is telling you, even if it sounds weird or something like you wouldn't normally do, or the whispers are the thing that are going to guide us, I believe, into the next bit. Oh, I love that, Amy. Thank you. And how can everyone reach you? You can, um, you can always find me on my website, which is my name, amaycartier.com, A-I-M-E-E-C-A-R-T-I-E-R.com. Um, spreadingblessings.com will also lead you there, so if that's easier to remember. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, same handle, my name. And yeah, that's all. Great. And you have a download, yes, on Instagram. Yes. Uh, for uh, um, the TV. Yeah, I do on my Instagram TV. I have a, a video um, that I do on there that tells you how to get the download about, um, what is it called? Self-discovery tools. I can't remember exactly That's what the, the title of it. Yeah, the same name. Same title of this. Yep. Yep. And then, um, yeah, so check that out. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. It was great having you. Thanks for having me, Liz. What I fun. to have you again soon. Great. And thanks everybody for joining me today on Raise the Vibe with Liz. It's been great having you. I hope you enjoyed the show and remember to get out there and raise the vibe, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.